Sometimes I hate when things move quickly because I recorded an episode before Matthew Kachuk was traded to the Florida Panthers. So this episode and also tomorrow's episode is nothing more than just a what if episode, more of a hypothetical scenario. I'm still going to post it in respect towards Jake and the time he took to record it. But uh, ju just giving you guys a, a disclaimer, this was recorded officially before Matthew Kachuk became a Florida Panther. I'm in shock. And quite honestly, I can't really be mad about that because I saw the return package and it would have been a lot for New Jersey Devils. So for next few days, I will be actually on vacation. So that's why I brought in Jake Wakeley and also Christy Flannery the next uh, day or two to come in and speak because I, I, I was just trying to plan it out. But nothing goes according to plan. So just giving you guys that disclaimer. Well, the last couple episodes, I had Jersey Joe on to discuss his opinions about the New Jersey Devils' offseason so far and the possibility of them acquiring Matthew Kachuk from the Calgary Flames. And now, for these next couple episodes, I'm going to talk to Jake Wakely as we mostly discuss the trade scenario for Matthew Kachuk. Is it possible? What is Jake hearing? Because he was able to find information during our recording and he had a lot of compelling stuff to share. There's a lot to discuss these next couple days. Two-part crossover with Jake Wakely. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play -play announcer and also Devils driver for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Joined alongside me is the other half of Heads Up Hockey podcast. It is Jake Wakely. He's appeared on this show before, friend of Jersey Joe. Jake, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing good, Trey. How about yourself? Man, these... Rumors are causing me all sorts of stress right now because it's just like, on the one hand, I don't want to get too excited. But on the other hand, I'm just like, maybe there is a chance because the Devils are one of the few teams that could actually pull that trade off. I think everyone knows what, what I'm referring to. But before we talk about that, Jake, the last time you appeared on, on this show, you talked about your overall perceptions of the New Jersey Devils and in uh, regards to how their season went. Can you remind everyone what your opinions were for the Devils for the most part when the season concluded? Like, what were your overall opinions uh, when the season was over? Uh, when the season was over, uh, my first uh, priority for this team was to fix their goaltending. Uh, and they needed to add a top six winger, more so a difference maker, but somebody who has playoff experience and leadership to kind of guide these kids, continue to help them to grow and I felt like they could, you know, they needed to fill out their assistant coaches and stuff like that. And they needed to, you know, they needed to limit like the mistakes on defense. So they needed to add a bit more physicality, some more size. We know Tom Fitzgerald likes his uh, big size defenseman is right now. We don't have a defenseman under six foot, which says how they want to build this team obviously that'll change when Luke Hughes joins the team and but I think they definitely added the top six forward 
in Andre Plot. I think he's going to bring excellent leadership and a veteran presence to this team. Um, you know, Eric Holla was a great pickup for Havel Zaka. You know, we'll get into the stats and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, overall, I think Tom Fitzgerald so far has nailed the offseason. The Vanacek one, I'm still up in the air on. I got to see this like with him, if he plays more games than Blackwood, because he kind of splits it with Samsonov when he was in Washington. Um, I feel like there was a little bit better options there, but, you know, that's the way they decided to go. They saw the price of the goalie market, and, you know, it looks like it was a smart move, and they signed him for only a $3.4 million extension, which, by the way, is a bargain for a goalie nowadays anyway, considering what they get paid. That's what I was telling people. We got Vanacek on the down low because – what I was expecting was a three-year deal. I didn't think that the contract would be that cheap because I was relating his situation to sort of like how Tristan Jari was going through it with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And I was expecting for something like that. I said, anticipate a three-year deal for Vitek Vanacek. And lo and behold, he was signed to a three-year extension. So we'll talk about the New Jersey Devils free agents and also trades. But first, let's talk about the NHL draft. So uh, Jersey Joe, he is big on uh, Simone Nemetz. Basically, that was his pick for the New Jersey Devils to draft. And he has said nothing but nice things about Nemetz and what he could potentially bring to the Devils organization. What were your initial reactions watching the draft? Because for so long, the Devils were geared up to possibly draft Uri Slavkowski, another Slovakian player. But ultimately, people got a little smarter. Shane Wright didn't uh, do so well in interviews based on what I was hearing, which is why he fell to the Seattle Kraken at number four. Uri Slavkowski, I felt as though Slavkowski should have been the first overall pick. And I was like, the Devils uh, would have gotten a bargain had he fallen to number two. But um, what were your initial reactions just watching the draft, seeing Slavkowski go number one, the Mets go number two, and so on? I honestly, like I'm surprised, but I wasn't surprised at the same time because I kept telling my buddies there who are Habs fans, like, there's a lot of talk. Slavkovsky's going to go one. Don't be surprised if they do it because it's hard to find power forwards. And he's like, no, nah, they're going to, they'll take Shane, right? How do you pass on the center? Which I agree. But, and then once Slavkovsky got taken one, I was like, okay, we're either in for, this is about to get crazy and nuts or they'll just take Shane, right? Or Logan Cooley, which I thought they were going to do. And then when they took Simone to Mets, I was like, huh. Like, I was almost shocked, like, because I didn't think they'd actually go through with it if they did. And I feel like they could have traded down, but then it came out that Seattle, Kraken, were very high on the Mets. So, honestly, I think it was a smart move that they took him now that I think about it, because the Devils do need defense. And just the ability to have – Hughes and the Mets as a top pairing for the future is so exciting. And then you have Dougie Hamilton on your second pair and you'll have like Muhammad Doolin and, or whoever, like a Hochuk, like Jersey Joe mentioned and, or whoever steps up, you know, you got Marino, but I think the Mets pick and the Marino acquisition uh, definitely seems to be the writing on the wall for David Severson, but you know, that's, whether that's this summer and a deal for Kachuk or, you know, next year, if they do keep him, the right side is good. But the, I thought the Devils did well, though, in like the later rounds of the draft, like they do. They got 
Josh uh, Fillum, I think was his name. And I looked at his stats and for like a six round pick, like you get a guy that had 67 points and 23 goals in the sixth round. Looks like a pretty good value pick to me. I thought the Devils did good. They addressed a need in the drafting defense. So, and they took a goalie like they do every year. So, well, let's hope that this goalie can actually do something because Jersey Joe actually made another correct prediction when the New Jersey Devils selected uh, their goalie late in the round. So, uh, Jersey Joe just the, the the draft is just his forte. So, um, yeah, what you said about uh, Simone Nemetz is that. I feel as though what needs to be next in terms of his overall development is just getting him more offense. Like he has a great shot. I saw it in development camp, but one thing I want to see out of him is that I want to see more goals and him be more of a two-way player. But once he's paired alongside with Luke Hughes, who's a left-handed defenseman, I feel as though Luke Hughes will manage the offense on that respective line. And then uh, you got someone like the Mets who's there to just, hold down, hit the fort. He's there to play his defensive zone and basically just assert himself. But if Simone Nemetz could just score more goals, I get that he went on a tear during the playoffs in that regards, but I want to see him develop it even more and take his game to another level because a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, Simone Nemetz, what are the devils doing? They're idiots. Yeah, I heard it from my colleagues. I heard it on Twitter. I was frustrated, like you said, but it was mostly just because I was really looking forward to getting uh, Slavkovsky because I just felt like, Slavkovsky out of everyone in the top five in the in the draft was the more NHL ready player like I just felt as though you could put him on the roster right now and he's going to have an impact I thought the Mets would be a project I thought he was going to play in Europe for another year or two before signing his entry-level deal that wasn't the case and now he's set to play North American hockey whether that's with Utica or if he makes the team so we got who we got in, in Simone the Mets and I really hope that um, our buddy Jersey Joe gets it correct in terms of his overall development. So that's uh, something I'm looking forward to, but let's transition over to the off season. What were your expectations going into the off season? Because obviously there was a big name player that was presumably set to go to New Jersey until Columbus blue jackets uh, were like Superman and just swooped in. So, you know, I, I, I knew we had the cap space and, like Fitzgerald had to kind of go all in a bit this off season, you know, because if the Devils don't make the playoffs or they show any progression to come close, to even contend for a wild card spot, you know, there's going to be questions that start to get raised about his job. I don't think that's fair because I think he's done a phenomenal job. Um, and when he's where he's trending this team, I actually feel like there's actually a direction and a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, where we're going here. Finally, for once, it didn't feel like that under Ray Shiro. Um, you know, they needed to land an impact player and, you know, it's frustrating. And I had the same like reaction, you know, most Devils fans did. Like I, I think I texted a coworker of mine and I was like, my exact words was Columbus. Like what? Like really? And like the whole, like my whole reaction, like the next, like when I seen it was literally like, I think it was the one you had when you, recorded the episode you were just kind of like no you saw that yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, I, I recorded that episode shortly after he made his decision so those those thoughts that rant was 100 authentic that was not me acting or uh spicing it up that was actually me frustrated and i think what what pissed what pissed me off more was 
he went on the Spit and Chicklets podcast and he said uh, it was down to two teams and it was I was gonna a deal was close. Um, you know, my told my agent, like, you know, we was gonna get a deal done with the devils. I was gonna sign there and then Columbus. Now I don't know how true and then he goes, No, I wanna <laughs> go there. Just how he worded it frustrated me. But I really hope he's trolling. I really hope he was just trolling. I hope that was not the case, but, or how do I say this? If that was actually the case, that's just devil's luck for you. Like, um, you know, sometimes lady luck doesn't want to dance with the devil, but and you want a superstar and a difference maker. And he is that, but like that contract is going to look like you're, you're going to Columbus now is in a cap mess. And they're the youngest team in the NHL now. And I don't, I don't like, I get it, but I don't understand why they did it. Like they said, oh, we're going to rebuild. We're going to do this the proper way. And then they go out and they spend the money on Johnny Goudreau. And it's like, what? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get their direction because they want to keep Patrick Line, but I'm just like, how is, I'm, I'm just thinking about something like, how's the cap space for that going to work? And then they're the youngest team in the NHL as well. So it's just like, I'm glad they got their guy. You know, they got Johnny hockey, but it's just like, I, I, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to presume out of it. It was just like, you know, he went for not only himself, he went for his wife and, you know, it's just like, I have respect for that. And he said, it's closer to home, but it's not too close. I bet I think was basically where he was getting at. And it's just like, okay. Okay. You, I, I just feel so misled. And, still painful to talk about to this day yeah it, it is because it would have been nice to have a line of uh you know Goudreau Hughes and Holtz or Sharon Govich and he would have benefited so well on our top six I'm just saying oh 100 he would have and he would have just taken us to the next level that 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 was the problem I'm just like who's that player who's going to take us to the next level when are we going to get our break yeah, like we got our break with Dougie Hamilton, but he makes a difference on the defense. We need somebody up front that's a, a game breaker and a difference maker, which is, you know, like Palat's not going to do that, but he'll he'll um, he'll add the um, nastiness in front of the net. Like he's not afraid to go to the corners and stuff like that, and he's clutch, which is something you know the Devils have lacked for a while. But it's all going to come down to their goaltending again, but. You know, the Matthew Kachuk thing, like, it's it's out there. Nino Niederreiter signed today, so there's somebody else that's off the list. And, you know, I've heard that, like, the Devils are in the mix, and they did put a monster offer out there at the draft. But I'm going to – I know what they're going to – if they want to get Kachuk, I know who they have to include, and fans are going to need to accept that. Okay. I, I think I have a feeling where this is going. I think you're thinking of maybe Jesper Bratt probably. Yeah, that's exactly right. Brad Peck, I hope you are not listening to this episode, dude. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. But um, so according to Ryan Novozinski, who uh, is a beat writer for the New Jersey Devils, he, he came on my show and he said the, the ultimate thing about the um, Kachuk hypothetical trade scenario back on draft day, it was nothing more than just a tire kicker. Like the Devils were just trying to shop their sec, or they weren't trying, they were just shopping a little bit for their second overall pick and they're just like look what what do you want for the second overall pick like like do you want 
can we have this player? We'll give you the second overall pick, y- yada, yada, yada. It, nothing more about that second overall pick was it was just a tire kicker based on uh, what Ryan informed me. So I think um, I think the same could be said for the Matthew Kachuk uh, hypothetical trade, which was I think the New Jersey Devils were just shopping it a little bit and maybe but I don't think those trade talks were anything serious. No. And, you know, like now they'll probably ramp up a little bit, too. And, you know, I'd expect the Devils to be in the mix. Like, and, you know, the odds, we were the odds on favor for Johnny Goudreau, too. So you can't really look into that as much. Like, I know it gets fans excited, but. Were we the, were we the favorites? I thought the Flyers were the favorites. We were one of the favorites. I thought the Flyers were the favorites. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, we can get into it whenever, whenever, but let's look at it here from a cap wise financial standpoint for every team involved. So who, so the listed, I just, I'm a little unprepared here. I got to get the, I use my phone. Sometimes it's more convenient. I just want the odds. I, I know I re I retweeted it too. So, the Devils are the favorites at plus 400, and the Blues are second at 450. So those are the two teams that I've heard are in the mix. Obviously, St. Louis is going to be rumored as the front runner because that's where he's from. But cap-wise, let's look at this. So the Devils, in order of favorites, Devils, Blues, Preds, Sabres, Senators, Stars, Islanders, Red Wings, Knights. Okay? So let's cross Vegas off the list because they got no money. Right, they would have to, like, get a miracle. Nashville, let's cross them off the list because they just signed Nino Niederreiter. Makes sense. Buffalo, you could make a case for Buffalo. Like, they got a good prospect system going. They could they could muster something up. Ottawa makes a ton of sense because of his brother. Yeah, but they just got Alex Debrinket. Yeah. And then Dallas, I don't even know how they have any money. The Islanders... Lou's not going to pay $11 million. So, really, if you if you were to ask me who the favorites are here, of all these teams mentioned, it would be Detroit, St. Louis, New Jersey, and I'll, I'll still say Ottawa because I'm sure they'd find a way to make it work to reunite the brothers. So, those would be my four. Yeah, so, guys, we're doing something that I don't really do too often. We're talking about uh, the betting odds for getting someone like Matthew Kachuk onto the roster for the New Jersey Devils. Right now, the Devils are listed as the favorites because the Devils do have enough cap space to work with. They have the assets. They own their first-round draft pick in next year's draft. And not to mention, um, they have a lot of prospects. They And and going back to the assets, they have a lot of established players that they could try to, you know, uh, mix into the hypothetical trade scenario. So, you know, you could go with Jesper Brad. You could go with Andreas Johnson, Ryan Graves. I think a third team might have to be involved in order to make it fully work, though. That's my that's my overall stance with it, which is I, I think it could work. Um, it, it Can it happen realistically? Yes. Do I think it's likely? No. But uh, before we continue, Jake, I just want to say this one thing. So uh, we got these betting odds courtesy of betonline.net, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. 
Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, NASCAR, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sport wagering information from live betting, scores, and podcasts. They have everything covered. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Jake, let's get back to discussing the betonline.net odds. And right now, you just you just said that the Devils are the favorites, plus 400, Blues plus 450, Predators uh, plus 500, Sabres plus 600. So, where do you see a hypothetical trade scenario working for the Devils in this sort of case? Because I've said Jesper Bratt might have to be involved. Maybe Mackenzie Blackwood, Damon Severson. You could also go with Andreas Johnson, Tomas Tatar. Um, you could go with a lot of established players on the roster already. And then you could obviously go to the prospect pool. I think a lot of people would be willing to trade Alexander Holtz for Matthew Kachuk. I'm not entirely sure because I've heard some difference of opinions from fans when it comes to involving Alexander Holtz. And obviously, like I said, the Devils own their first round draft pick in next year's uh in next year's NHL draft. So what, what do you see working best for the Devils this time around? Well, if you look at it cap-wise, then are they going to be – they're going to be – they're going to be – they're going to have a lot of cap space either way for the next while. So they could make Bratt and Kachuk work, but value-wise, like Bratt's probably going to have to go back the other way. So – and so each – I'll do it this way. So each player I mentioned, I'll explain it and what each player brings and whatnot. And then I'll ask you if you would take Matthew Kachuk over that player. And, okay. okay. So okay. Jesper Bratt, skilled, finesse, um, excellent edge work, um, great hockey IQ, finish ability, playmaking ability. Um, had a breakout season of 73 points. Uh, can he repeat it again? That is the question, you know, everybody's asking. So, yeah, and he has I, chemistry with Jack Hughes. So, would you trade, would you take Matthew Kachuk over Jesper Bratt, who brings goal scoring, physicality, um, nastiness, agitating, does everything you want in a hockey player on your team? Short answer yes. Long answer, I explained this on a show before. It's just like, I don't want the New Jersey Devils to gut themselves, if that makes sense. Because I've been seeing these crazy trade scenarios in which we have to like work with a third team to shed some contract. I saw a trade scenario which involved like trading Damon Severson for picks. And then we use those picks to try to pursue Matthew Kachuk in a three-way deal. And then, um, you know, for Jesper Bratt, you're right. The one question mark that I have for Bratt, and it's one of the reasons why I think these contract negotiations or at an impasse and why he has scheduled an arbitration hearing. It's just because the devils are probably on their ends just saying like, look, we know you had a good season. We know that you're expecting a big payday, but at the same time, it's just like, there's no guarantee that you're going to do this next year because in years prior, Jesper Brett was solid and I had nothing but good things to say about him. But for the most part, I didn't anticipate for him to be a borderline all-star. I think very few people did anticipate that. I expected solid production from Jesper Bratt. I remember my first year here at Locked On, I did a debate whether, like, who do you want running uh, the center uh, on the second line, Nico Heischer or Jesper Bratt? Because when Nico Heischer went down last year and missed two-thirds of the year, Jesper Bratt really stepped up at the center position and actually held his ground pretty nice. So I was just like, you know, how do you want that to work? 
obviously, you know, looking back on it, it wasn't really that smart of an episode to do, but still had fun with it. So at the end of the day, it's just like, I love Jesper Bratt. I love what he brings. And I just think he has a very bright future. Could he be a borderline all-star again? Could he actually make the all-star roster? I, don't, I wouldn't put it past him, but including him into a trade for Matthew Kachuk, I'm sorry, Jesper, but see ya. Like uh, between him, Heisher, and Hughes, he is the odd man out. Um, yeah. He's the ugly ducking, duckling. <laughs> Let me try that again. He's the ugly duckling in this sort of hypothetical scenario because Jack Hughes, franchise player. Nico Heisher, captain. Jesper Bratt, odd man out. Yeah. He's part of the core right now. He's part of the baby big three, as I like to call him. Yes. Yeah. But how and, far can he go? That's, that's my right. thing. What's his ceiling? Um, Alexander Holtz. Goal score. Rumored drafted as one of the, you know, terrorizing Swedish twins are in the draft. Uh, legit goal score. Unreal release. Hockey IQ. Um, played nine games last year before he was sent back. So the Devils didn't burn a year off his entry-level contract. Now, mind you, they didn't utilize him properly, but I noticed when he was playing, uh, there wasn't a lot of urgency um, skating-wise from him. He just, I kind of noticed he just kind of floated a bit. Like, you know, he good at getting, but when he gets his chances, but he needs to uh, be with Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer to have success. That's just... Like it's, you can't put him with anybody else. Like he needs to be with a playmaker. But are we gonna sit here and like it all depends on their plan and how they want to do build this team? Like, do they want to just keep having patience and patience and patience, or and you hope that he turns into a legit goal scorer? Well, mind you, he did have a phenomenal season in Utica. Or do you want the guy that's more proven? Well, obviously the guy who's more proven, but here's the thing about Alexander Holtz. And when I bring him up in trade scenarios, it's like, I'm sort of on the fence when it comes to Alexander Holtz, because I feel as though if we trade him, if we give up on him too early, we're going to regret it. I feel as though for Alexander Holtz, it's just like, he wasn't given a fair chance. Like we didn't give him that chance to shine. We didn't give him that chance to uh, have his opportunity. So that's my overall thing when it comes to Alexander Holtz and what he brings to the roster which is I just hope that Alexander Holtz is able to develop in the right sort of way. But at the same time, we need to give him a position to succeed, which is why giving him a cup of coffee in the NHL is not going to do anything for him, which is why he saw more success in the AHL, albeit two different leagues. But at the same time, you know, you ask like, you know, what, what opportunity was he given a chance to thrive in? And the obvious one is Utica. Utica utilized him. He was one of their top options. And he and A.J. Greer, Chase DeLeo, all of them, went on a tremendous run. And it was a shame that they couldn't win uh, the, the Calder Cup. But at the same time, it's just like you can't deny that the prospect pool is thriving for the New Jersey Devils. Now, for Alexander Holtz, it's like it, if it's for Matthew Kachuk, if, here's the thing. If it's like Jesper Brad, Alexander Holtz, and someone else, I'd be a little hesitant just because I really don't want us to gut our roster. That's my thing. And that's what I've been telling people. I want to have Matthew Kachuk on the roster, but what if we give up too much? 
because I don't want us to like give up too many assets for this one player. So it's just like, you know, if you're not making that much money, would you, you know, put all your money into a house, like a nice extravagant house? No, you wouldn't. You would like live in an apartment. You would uh, budget accordingly. So that way you're more prepared for the future. If, if that makes sense. So I actually have some Matthew Kachuk news, actually. What's happening? A little bit. So Kevin Allen uh, says trading for Kachuk makes sense, but the Detroit Red Wings aren't the favorite. So Ryan Pike, editor for Flames Nation, regular guest on Sportsnet 960, uh, tweeted two hours ago, believed Calgary Flames suspected asking price from Matthew Kachuk what we are hearing is that the Flames will want a top forward, a premium prospect, and a first-round pick. <laughs> so Jesper Bratt, Alexander Holtz, or one of the Devils' top prospects. Oh, and, yeah. and a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd still do it. The, the, okay, the Buffalo Sabres are somewhere shaking their heads because they had like a similar asking price for Jack Eichel. They wanted a high round, or they wanted like a – high positioning draft pick in the same uh, NHL draft. They wanted an established player. They wanted a top-notch prospect. And what do they get in exchange for Jack Eichel? So it's just like, look, or look at the Alex DeBrincat trade. What did the um, Blackhawks get? Like, I, I heard the Blackhawks were demanding, like, a lot of first-round draft picks. They get one first-round draft pick. They get a second-round draft pick, I believe, in next year's draft. And also maybe – I, uh, another late round draft pick, but I don't think, do they get any players in that, in that, um, in that trade scenario? It's been Peyton, a while. They got Peyton Krebs. He turned out to be pretty good. Okay. But still it's just Alex, like Alex talk, but yeah, he's. Yeah. So it's just like the asking price is usually not the final price. Usually. Yeah. You put that out there and you see what happens now. The Devils are actually in a good position right now because they're one of the few teams that could potentially offer, you know, something like that if it comes around. And I think uh, fans would still be okay with it. You know, giving up Jesper Brad, a top-level prospect and a first-round draft pick, I think they'd be okay with it because it's Matthew Kachuk. If he's signed long-term and if he's on the, the come-up, then you do have to make that deal. But my thing is just, like, be careful. Don't gut yourselves and don't get finessed here because – Yes, yes, I know that's the asking price for the Calgary Flames, but are they really in a position to, you know, um, to, to be this greedy? Because there's not many teams that can afford Matthew Kachuk. Like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm sure he would love to go to Vegas. They can't afford him. Or, you know, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Re they can't afford him. Uh, you know, people are jokingly saying, let's put Columbus in the mix, because why not? Because they got Johnny Goodrow. I'm just yeah. like... With what assets? I don't think Patrick Liney is going to cut it. So I, I decided to read that article that I just mentioned to you by Kevin Allen. And there's there's a interesting like couple paragraphs here. So the issue here for Detroit is that there will be several other teams bidding for Kachuk. Some believe the St. Louis Blues are one of the favorites because Kachuk is from St. Louis. We knew that. Already, we are starting to hear potential offers of top players like Robert Thomas or Jordan Cairo. The New Jersey Devils general manager, Tom Fitzgerald, is related to the Kachuk family, and there's been speculation about the Devils offering Jesper Bratt. He's a 23-year-old Swedish forward. 
who scored 27 goals last season. Kyrie, 24, also scored 27 goals last season. The Devils also were also trying to land Johnny Goudreau. They're the one team that have plenty of cap space. We would still have to get creative with our cap space. That's the thing. I, yeah. Because because uh, I, I think we would still have to, like, unload with a player to just – give us some more wiggle room because my buddies that pick pucks and pitchforks, they said, yes, we can afford uh, Matthew Kachuk, but barely. So would you, so now that we know what the flames asking price is, Jesper Bratt, Alexander Holtz and a 2023 first, because that 2023 first has to be included in any deal. If you want them. Can it be top three protected? See, I don't see why that's an issue. See, I would do top three protected. I wouldn't be upset if it was like, a fourth or fifth overall pick plus Brad Holtz because Matthew Kachuk is just like that. That's what like I want fans to understand here, like listening to this, like, you know, tomorrow when we put this out, a Matthew Kachuk trade is a franchise changing trade that can alter the entire direction of this team. My thing is like, I agree with everything you're saying. Like I totally get you. But my thing is, like, I just don't want the Devils to get too greedy and just gut themselves. Like, but that I know I'm repeating myself when I say that. I want Matthew Kachuk. I just hope that, you know, that asking price isn't the final asking price, if that makes sense. Because usually, and a lot of people have brought this up, usually teams who ask for this or that don't end up getting that or, you know, this. They usually settle for less because they have no choice. So the I get what you're saying. The Chicago Blackhawks, they gave up Alex DeBrinkett for essentially nothing. Like, I, I, I liked my off, my hypothetical offer a little better because I said, I'll give you a first-round draft pick next year. I'll give you a second-round draft pick in this year's draft. I'll give you Pavel Zaka, and I'll give you a prospect not named Holtz, not named Hughes, and not named Mercer for Alex DeBrinkett. I'll give you that. And But lo and behold... I feel as though my offer was way better than what the Ottawa Senators offered, but that's why I'm an armchair GM. That's why I'm not in the front office. But that's why, that's why we do silly season. That's that's it right there. Yeah, that's why we that's why we do silly season, everybody. So, and it's meant to be fun. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you think, Matt? Okay, so I recently talked to Christy Flannery of the Hockey Writers, and she said, "Here's the issue that the Devils don't should not fall into." Because look at the no, uh, look at the Edmonton Oilers, because they're so top heavy, but they don't have any depth. Look at the uh, Calgary Flames; they were top heavy, not much depth. So it's just like, uh, would the Devils fall into that trap as well? Because I said one of the issues going into this offseason, we need more depth. We don't have consistent scoring outside of Brat, Keisha, and Hughes. And Sharon Govich and Mercer were inconsistent at times. So it's just like, um, you know, would the Devils be falling into that bear hole? Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, like, like, I under, going back to where you were like hesitant on it, I understand 100% where you're coming from because, like, both teams are going to be winning this trade. Essentially, because like Matthew Kachuk's only twenty four, he's going to be good for his entire contract. Like if he signs eight years, you're not you're not worried about that. So, and you know, I talked to um, 
I talked to my guy, um, Jim Berger, the real insider. Give Jim a follow on Twitter. Guy knows his stuff. Um, I just asked him if he would do Brat Holtz on the first for Kachuk, and he said, yeah, he would. So Matthew Chuck is 24. So when his deal is up, he's 32. So still like, rel- still relatively young. He's yeah. I think he's out of his prime, but still, like, you know, his his worst would still be better than our best. Yeah, and you would – 32, and you would probably still try and re-sign him to, like, a – to like a five year, five or six year deal to take him till he's like 38 or 37. But, you know, it's little things like that. And the, the way I look at it too is like, you know, people come in to play the Devils and, you know, people, the Devils are a skilled team and a fast team, but they're easy to push around. Matthew Kachuk gives the Devils that like Brad Marchand. Tom Wilson kind of type of player, a guy who could still score goals, but you come in and you touch our star. Well, guess what? You're not going to, we're not getting shoved around here. And then if you look at it from like, like I know Palat's 31 and Chuck's 24, but, and the defense is good now. And if you get solid goaltending, you know, you're heading in the right direction. But if you can roll out Kachuk, Hughes, and let's say Mercer, or Sharon Govich. No, I'd like to see Mercer with him because I feel like those two going in the corner on the wings would be phenomenal to see. But if you can roll out like Kachuk, we'll say Kachuk, Hughes, and Sharon Govich, and then Palat, Heischer, and Mercer. Like, that's a pretty good top six. That is a good top six. And I just hope that we have the depth and I, and I think the prospects can help fill that in and, and, you know, and, and help in that regards. So yeah. that's what, that's what I'm hoping for in, in that regards. And I really hope that, you know, the New Jersey devils are able to do so. And I, but like I said, Matthew Kachuk on this team, that's a dream come true, but I'm just trying not to get my hopes up because you know how, like you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're talking with that one girl, things are going well. And you know you're on the you're on the right path, and then boom, you know something happens, and you get your heart broken. You know, I think a lot of people can relate to that, but um, it's just like it's just like I don't want to fall down that that hole again. Like it's just like I'm just trying to keep my expectations moderate. Yes, the Devils can do it, but I think it the ball is in the court for the Calgary Flames because it's just like okay, what do you what are we willing to get? out of Matthew Kachuk because we know he's going to be demanding for an extension. We know that we're going to have to get a high return package because he's a, he's a very good player an all-star put up a hundred plus points. So that's something we definitely need to take into consideration when trying to move deep forward with this deal. And we're going to have to leave it there for today, Jake, but don't worry. There's still more in store in tomorrow's episode. So Part one is in the books. Part two will be posted tomorrow, and we are going to discuss Matthew Kachuk even more, and I'm also going to ask Jake Wakely his overall opinions as to how the free agency process has gone for the Devils so far, despite missing out on Johnny Goodrow. And like I sign out on every episode, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And Jake and I will catch you guys in the next episode. You don't want to miss it. We will see you there.